Welcome to an inspirational message by Pastor Harold Weiss, Senior Pastor at Little Falls Christian Center. Well, there we are. We, uh, we begin this evening service. I was really touched by that offering there and uh, particularly the testimony of my uncle and aunt and their incredible commitment to God. And I saw a farm prosper in the midst of everything else. People around, devastated by hailstorms, and it just wouldn't come their way. There was never no damage. The cattle, the livestock, everything was just blessed of God. But they could pray, and they were tithers, and they knew to walk the walk. They lived according to the kingdom rule, and they were witnesses for Jesus as far as they went. Amazing people. Really only when I committed my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, then, only then, uh, could I really understand the depth of these people. And uh, they became a huge blessing. And other members of Far family started phoning me and said, we heard you came into the kingdom of God way back. Uh, this takes us quite a time back. And uh, they were excited about that. But here I am now in the pulpit. And uh, this period of the COVID really took hold of me on a personal basis, in a very positive way, very positive. And, uh, you know, the way up towards God is the way down on your knees. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and He will lift you up. So, remember those words, and then there's no more boasting. And the Lord made it very clear. I can't even talk about my church members, like I said this morning, my church, my congregation, my uh, accomplishments. I have nothing, no ability, no talent, no gift, no intellectual capacity that God didn't put in me. And the amazing increase when the moment you get filled with the Spirit of God, you have access to the mind of Christ. It's an amazing a sensational thing that happens to you, the transformation of a life. And so what do I, you hear about these great men of God? There's no such thing as a great man of God. One is the star. His name is Jesus Christ. And to whom, to him we owe everything we have. So COVID took me to my knees, ever closer to the Lord. And now I've come to the end of the COVID period. We played that song, the revival anthem, and I want it played like every Sunday now until we open the church because that's our revive anthem. And I believe that when we're heading for Pentecost, it's going to be an incredible time with God. We are heading for a good time with God. We're waiting for the state president of this nation, South Africa, to give us some good news and enlarge the, the population within the churches so that we can, within the limits of uh, legality, do what we have to do. Now, I uh, tell you what, we're living in a world that's upside down. And there's only one way, and uh, I want to talk about that just one way, because really, uh, if you look at it, it says these words in Luke 21, 28. It says, now when these things began to happen, look up and lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Well, like many a preacher would tell you, we are, excuse me, living in the time, the signs of the times, and the times of the signs of the times. So it's really a time in which lots of things are happening to the world. This world system, by and large, the monetary system of the planet has been shaken. And um, small amounts now become 
really big amounts that are needed, and uh, people run and through all of that. I simply did do this, and that drew ever closer to God. And funny enough, um, if you have the spirit of faith, and if you obey God, you have absolutely no fear of any virus, any sickness, any disease. You just don't have a fear. I don't experience that. I don't even think about it. And so, um, you know, uh, I also limit the amount of time I watch television news because it's highly, highly uh, fear-mongering in what you see and the things that goes on worldwide. Uh, you don't want that. And uh, then Jesus said, when these things begin to happen, look up and lift up your heads because your redemption draws near. Now, we are living in a world that's upside down. But within this upside down world, there are the true members of the true church whose names are registered in heaven. They've been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. They belong to God Almighty. They walk in temples of the Holy Spirit. He is their faith. He is their hope. He is the anchor of their souls. He is everything. He is the reason why we're alive. He created us and we belong to him. The church is his. The people are his. I got no members. In any way, we're just a family down here, brothers and sisters of each other. And uh, we just take care of that part of the flock and that particular assignment God gave to me initially and now to the church through me because I was the uh, one that planted this church here on the West Rand Little Falls. And, um, you know, it's like, yeah, I did that by inspiration. In fact, I did it by vision. And I was given instruction, careful instruction all the time. It's amazing if I get into that. But uh, now the world has changed, has been shaken. God, in fact, said yet one more time, I'll shake everything can be shaken. And he also said judgment must begin at the house of God. My advice to each and everybody, both, both the so-called great men of God and the little men of God, the great woman of God and the little woman of God, doesn't matter just humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. God's eyes are upon the humble, not upon the boastful pride and arrogant. He does not want that from us because we have achieved not so much. We're simply servants in the harvest field. That's all we are. And we serve one another. And to love God is to become sacrificial because God's love, the agape kind of love, is sacrificial, altogether sacrificial. He so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him that uh, will not perish but have everlasting life. So he so loved that he gave. And so we so love and we give and we want to give. And get to the poor, feed the poor, whatever we can. Make disciples, train up the people to go there into the harvest field. Send them out, helpers, anybody volunteering, home sales, anything we can multiply, multiply soul winners for Christ to win a soul must be our goal on a daily basis. Now, with that thing, I want to say the world's so upside down. If you look at it, the various aspects of society, it's not just sickness. By the way, this sickness, particularly in the Bible codes, is called a plague and it's akin to, in fact, it's called by the name of leprosy, albeit not the direct leprosy as we know from Bible days, but it's called a plague-like leprosy. And uh, leprosy separated the people, and people are separated because of this. And uh, leprate, leprosy was, was a thing that, uh, 
that was just a massive problem. Wherever it came in to those people, it was like a death warrant. And uh, many people around the world have died. And so uh, I'm glad to see that in South Africa, only six people uh, passed away over on Friday. I saw that, uh, I just happened to see the stats there on Friday. Only six people passed away in a high percentage of recovery, very high percentage of recovery of people in this nation. So thank you, Lord Jesus, but it's because we're praying. We're fighting this thing in the spirit, and I won't give in. I've got stubborn faith for the people. But the impact was also economical, and the impact was also personal economical, and the people were taking strain. And I know the, the testimonies of more today were simply powerful. Isaac sowed in that land that year where there was a drought, and the Philistines envied him also because he reaped a hundredfold harvest, just like my uncle and aunt. It was just an amazing thing. to I saw that happen. So I grew up with it. You just, your mouth falls open when you see and hear these things. You just think, oh, Lord, I understand those two people. I mean, you couldn't escape a prayer meeting if you go and visit them. And I was still a boy, schoolboy. I loved it. And um, he said, in this world, the things will be shaken. But then the Lord said these words. He says, lift up, look up and lift up your heads. Now, he says it twice. Look up, lift up your heads. So you do that and then you look up. Most people look around. Most people look to the left, they look to the right, and they look down. And God says, lift your head, lift your eyes, look at heaven for your redemption. That means the word your redemption was actually said before the cross. And it means release. It means to purchase something at a price. And Jesus then paid with his own blood for the blessing of Abraham to be upon you who believe. In the name of Jesus Christ unto salvation, in the presence and to the glory of God the Almighty Father. You simply repent of sin and commit your life of Jesus to Jesus Christ. And uh, he says, Your redemption draws near. Look up. So, you know, I looked, I lift up my head to the hills, I lift up my head to the skies, look, look up towards heaven. I know my redeemer, my redeemer is also my helper. He's now paid the price. Galatians 3, 14 and 15 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having been made a curse for us. You need to read Deuteronomy 28 from verse 15 and right up to the end of the chapter to see all those curses. Now we're redeemed from that. Having been made a curse for us, Galatians 3, 13, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith, that we might receive the promise of the Holy Spirit. And so there's the blessing of Abraham you know, and the blessing of the Lord causes a person in this world to become rich. God meets your needs when you are in need. And he's never late. Sometimes 99.9 .9 tests your faith. But you just stubbornly keep on. I call it stubborn faith. I just stubbornly keep on believing. I will not give their things that I call them prayer projects. I just never stop praying. Like my own children. Never stop praying for them. There are things that are faith projects, prayer projects. The days of my life on earth, and when I get to heaven, by God's permission, when I'm there, I'll still keep praying for the people down here, family, friends, people, because I realize that like heaven is a reality, so is hell a reality.
And I realize people are going, do they not realize what's happening to them and where they're going actually if they don't repent? Here in uh, the book of John 16, 33, Jesus said, these things I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. Right? It says, in me you have shalom. That word shalom is so very powerful. You know, um, it's like Yerushalem. Yerushalem, shalom, comes from shalom. It's a city of peace. It's like in this world you will have, have tribulation, but then it says you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome this world. That means to be confident, to be courageous, to walk around with a smile, to be to start every day with a smile on your face and to strengthen that smile with the joy of the Lord. You can't get to that if you don't pray. I believe in that. I really believe. I mean, this morning again, I was up between 3 and 4. And I mean, this is every day. I think 3.20, I was already, and I saw on heart to heart that there were a huge amount of people already on the various websites that, were, that have seen it already. I'm thinking, where are they in the world? Because this is the middle of the night in South Africa. Where are the people? But they watch it and they use it as the kickoff point of their devotions. Because you're important. You're loved by God. You're precious in His sight. And He's saying to you, lift your head and look up. Because your release, now if you apply that to after the cross your your release from captivity bondage and curses and things is now a reality and uh, you can therefore be confident you be a good cheer you know that's that's like an attitude that i'm more than a conqueror my friend and so are you if you believe in jesus the only thing is we've we've got to be doers of the word you know, there's, there's, there's a, one man preached a sermon long ago, and I thought that was such a good thing. He said, if I had one more sermon to preach, what would I preach? And of course, you would preach immediately Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God, and then the second part of that would be, and be a doer of his word. You know, he who has my commandment and keeps them, commandments and keep them, uh, you know, I will love him, and my father will love him, and, my, and, and, and we will come and sup with him. We will be in his life. So obedience to God shows him, if you love me, keep my commandments. And if you do that, he'll manifest himself. Amplified Bible's beautiful in John 15 on these scriptures pertaining to this first part of John 15. Talks about it a few times. And it just tells you that if you love God, you're going to be blessed. So the focus is on God. And uh, one thing is we're, we're distracted by it. Again, I say abilities, and I've achieved, you know, what have I got on this planet? What do I know that God, even this book, he gave it, the Bible, what have I got? Nothing. Everything I earned through righteous living. I refuse to go overseas and preach for money so that then in America I get in a rich, particularly the United States, by huge honorariums, one after the other, come back, buy a house or something here in South Africa, I, I refused that. I made a vow. I said, Lord, you could show me the world. And he did through somebody that, that became the closest friend of me 
And uh, he, he, he had a travel agency, he's now retired, but they took us around the world. We saw the world. I said, Lord, I will not see the world because of unrighteousness. I'm fanatic about righteousness and the fear of the Lord all the time. And so if you just do these simplistic things and you stick to it, you stick to your guns, as they say, that use a worldly expression, then God blesses you. He says, he says, but be of good cheer. Why? Because the Lord says, I have overcome the world. He brought the devil. John, uh, I mean, Hebrews chapter uh, 2, verse 14, 15, he brought him to naught who had the, had the power over death, the devil. And he stripped him, like I said this morning. He stripped him of all his ability. And, and now God gives you his full armor. And if the devil should try and use a bow and arrow like a fiery dart to the enemy, it is a, 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 a kind of a metaphor that you can lift up the shield of faith straight in his faith, in his face. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word. And so the shield of faith is built of the word of God in the face of the devil. See how Jesus reacted towards the devil. See what he did. And if you see that, you understand. You understand fully. If you look at Jesus, you understand 100%. He was the word that became flesh. He spoke the word. John 3, 34, he whom God sent spoke the word. When you confront situations, spoke the word. You take scripture, somebody gets to be sick. It's cancer. It's, it's something that's deadly, particularly when it's terminal. You know, they have serious illnesses. You know, um, then I, I, I always say this, that get yourself many scriptures about God healing people in the Bible. And the promises of God concerning healing, there are plenty, plenty. By his stripes, the very stripes, the very wounds that Jesus had to bear 2,000 years ago, you were healed, the Bible says. So you begin to think about that. You don't think of the sickness. You capture those thoughts. Another man of God, Dr. Kennedy Hagen, said, I don't even think of it. And you know what? That's why I limit news, because news is that negative. I don't even think of it. I don't spend my day thinking, oh, did you see this? Now, now this, that. And you know, there's a second wave and a third wave and a fourth wave. And I'm telling you now, no, there's a praying church also. And the praying church got the victory because he's overcome all things. And I have looked up already and I keep my eyes on Jesus and not on the storm. The storm is not inside here. And so, you know, I, I never look at anything else. That's just the way I am. I've disciplined myself. I shaped myself into a position where I could say, okay, fine. Um, you know, I love this verse. Uh, I, I, I just think it's just all that good. He says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear we will not be terrified, even though the earth be removed. It does not matter, because my help is from the Lord, the possessor, the creator of heaven and earth, including me, including you, including your family and your loved ones and my family and loved ones. God is the possessor and creator. You know what? You find out about people. 
that uh, that the moment they see, I I, I must I, let me put this in brackets here. You know, I go into hospitals where people have got like terminal illnesses, and they're busy dying. And I'm telling you now, just say short testimony. They all say, I go in there. And I'm a minister. They see that, and then uh, you know I get the permission to go in, of course, and then. They see me going through, and it's quiet there except me as a minister now going through. And uh, then the people from the other beds raise their hands and say, pray for us too, pray for us too. I remember one day going into the Janusburg General Hospital, and I go into the kidney um, dialysis ward, and there are a lot of people there, and they're all sick, and they, you know, and, I, and they say, come this way too, come this way too. And, and it's terrible, the state of the people, and they, they, you know, they're just having a bad time. And I go, and it's the quickest place when somebody's dying. It's the quickest place where they commit their lives to Jesus. Imagine all the blessings you missed. Now, I think about it tomorrow. I think about it. There's one boy that got, got killed in a, in a car crash on a bicycle. He was on his bicycle coming from school and in the crossing, a car struck him and he died. Well, when they emptied his pockets, there was a little prayer and his commitment to Jesus. And in his suitcase, he carried a little Bible that said he was, uh, he was a child of God and he had marked it and he was reading the Bible. I remember there was a time here in uh, West Dean, I was walking, doing a long fast at um, the West Dean Dam. And a bus, a double-decker, had gone over full of children into the, into the dam. And you could only see the roof of that thing vaguely through the water. They had to get divers go down there. Well, of course, many were killed in the process and drowned. And, uh, and so uh, it was just terrible. And we, we saw a board came down. She saw two. Uh, they brought the bodies up and it was terrible. But you know how many of those little suitcases they opened and found Bibles inside? You know, it's just like, it just brings the most wonderful feeling that you think, yes, this person walked with God. Had a little Bible, went with me. Now I got tons of Bibles. But he went with me all my school years, everywhere I went after school. It was next to my bed, this little Bible. And uh, I used to read that thing over and over until the thing fell apart. Now I got Bibles, they fall apart. I get a new one, it falls apart. I got one here, this one's busy falling apart. Maybe I can get somebody to doctor the Bible for me so it doesn't fall apart. But the thing is, when your Bible falls apart, you're not falling apart. If your Bible falls apart because of reading, then you're not falling apart. See? Psalm 46, 1. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in time of trouble. Lots of trouble. The fact is, what is God saying? Look around or does he say, lift your head and look up? The moment you do that, and the best, you know what? How you see further than anybody else. Climb Mount Everest? No. Go to the high hills where it's hilly country, you go to the highest of the hills? No. You see me faster, you can see... Further than anybody else when you're on your knees. In fact, you could see so far ahead. If you pray long enough, you begin to see future things. God showed me the things to come. He said, ask of me concerning the things to come. 
And, you know, it's in the scripture, those, those, those words that I've just quoted. Ask of me. And concerning the work of my hands, command ye me. It's an astonishing scripture. I can preach a sermon about that. But ask of me the things to come. And so I, I say, Lord, you know, I'm on my knees. Man, I can see forward. Now I see further ahead than anybody else that's not on their knees. You don't go up into the highest building in the world and go and say, now I can see very far. No, you can't. If your eyes wide open, they're actually wide shut spiritually. Because if you haven't got Jesus, you're going nowhere. And if you're leading somebody, you become a blind leader of the blind. It's just terrible. Jesus spoke about that too. And so Paul the Apostle also getting trouble. I mean, you know, I spoke this morning about the kingdom of God. Stop the kingdom of God. The devil tried to stop Jesus. John the Baptist beheaded. Then Jesus crucified. And then, of course, I was thinking about that. That's the beauty one week ago, that Jesus in his body died on the cross, the physical body of Jesus, 100% man, 100% God. In his body, he died. So they laid his body to rest. You know, those tombs, they're actually very, very dark. And they've, they, they cut into the limestone in, in Israel and then they got these giant rolling stones. This is a rich man's grave. So the stone was big. I think that stone is like, I would estimate it between six and eight feet high. Uh, let's take the middle, middle, say, seven feet high. And it is, it is huge. It would be uh, about, I would think that one is about maybe a foot. I can't say because I'm not there right now to exactly measure it. But it's thick, I tell you. It's a thick stone. And uh, the weight of that thing, you need a couple of people to push that thing into place. Once in place, that tube is perfectly sealed. It becomes like a, a vacuum. It is like darkness of darkness. There's no light, no air, no oxygen, no nothing. And a body is placed inside of somebody that passed on. And uh, then... You, you know, you need a couple of people. And now how do you roll it away and steal the body if there's still Roman guards outside watching over it as well? There's no way you're going to get through that. But God, faithful to his word, on the third day, early in the morning, Jesus Christ rose from the dead, break the chains. But now listen to this, of the pangs of death that couldn't hold him. Listen to this. He went in his physical body, but we are spirit, soul, and body. And then he's hidden man of the heart, so to speak, as we, we talk about the hidden man of, of, of the heart. Uh, the Apostle Peter speaks about that. And uh, the Apostle Paul speaks about that, that we are uh, spirit, soul, and body. And the hidden man of the heart, that is God, he said to the Father, I give into your hands my spirit. And then he descends to the lower parts of the earth, Ephesians chapter number four. And there, you know, I, 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 I think... I don't know at which exact point nobody knows. Nobody knows. You can all speculate. Nobody knows precisely the sequence. But I know that when he arrived down there, the price had already been paid for our sins on the cross. He was now in the netherworld, in the belly of hell. Out of the belly of hell, I cried, you heard my voice. And there, those forces of darkness were the chief of them all. The devil himself was facing God. Because now, now, 
he's been declared just in the sight of God, innocent. The price, is, price had been paid. The price has been paid. He said, Tetlas died, done, it's finished. And now the devil had to face God in his own headquarters. And he had to suffer for what he had done and greater suffering. That's why when Jesus rose, the demons, they knew him. Mankind would walk around and say, you know, demonized, of course, in the synagogue said, what have we got to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? They knew who he was, but the people denied him because they were blind to it. And they followed him because of the miracles and his, his incredible power of his word that comes from his lips. You know, you go to the Lake of Galilee, it's like amphitheaters there, the area of the, of the Sermon of the Mount, and you can sit in that amphitheater and somebody gets into a boat at the bottom, then your voice is reflected up that hill. It's a perfect amphitheater in so many cases. God knew exactly which one to choose. Jesus was down there, the people looking down the hill, and he's talking up and his voice is carrying. But that voice is not ordinary because God wanted it to be heard right up to the end. No speaker system, no microphones like I'm wearing, no special stuff, nothing. But his voice thundered up that, that amphitheater hill. Uh, and, and from the Lake of Galilee, and behind it, of course, the lake is reflective of sound as well. And, you know, it's just an amazing thing. It's a natural, God-made earth speaker. <laughs> he speaks from the bottom, and, and today we think of it and how he multiplied the bread and the fish and the miracles that took place there was a shaking. And I'm telling you now, look up. Don't look around because if you're looking around, you're looking at other people that might be in trouble, but you've got the answer. If you've got Jesus, you've got the answer. And I'm telling you, if you're down on your knees before the Lord, and if you're down on your knees and you say, Lord God, please help me. You are the very present help in my time of trouble. And you know what? I want to tell you something. I want to attach something here to what, what Mort said. She said... Um, she said uh, that, uh, that uh, in the case of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, she said that if you're attached, you focused on God, he's the one who will help you out of that storm. I'm telling you right now, he won't fail me. Never, ever fail me. No, not ever, ever again. Just commit your life to Jesus and know this today. People come to us, they come for counseling. They want to know, listen, if we have a counsel session with you, um, you, know, um, you know, we have confidential problems. The first thing I would check always is, are you a tither? And if they say, no, I know what the problem is. And quite right, as Maud was testifying today, those people that were not tithing, they were the people in the big trouble. The others, God was providing. As they go along, God all the time opening up doors. That's the Lord faithful to his word. He's faithful towards you. He loves you. I love you. And I have to say goodbye because my time's run out. I love you. And I'll see you back again on Heart to Heart, Monday to Saturday. For more teachings like this and other material, please visit our website at www.littlefallsonline.com.